Hello and welcome to Burst the Bubble, live on 97.2 Chem FM for people who don't like watching the tennis or, or, or people who can't stand tension. So people who do like watching the tennis but can't bring themselves to specifically do so. For those two classes of people, we're here to bring you a show all about the silly news stories that have been going on this week and to mention yellow globes as little as possible. With me is my regular co-host Michael Cantario. Hello. And also our guest John Nelson. Hello. Who forgot that the tennis was on. Yes. <laughs> So who's going to be... So if Nelson sounds a little bit distracted as the show is going on, uh, then that, 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 that's because he's, sort of, he's, he's like, f- frantically tapping at his iPhone in order to get the various updates and so on. His, so his, his heart is in SW19. I would, but I don't have an iPhone. So I'm kind of reliant on <laughs> just hit, understanding things through the ether or possibly Michael flicking to the BBC Sport tab, which he just did. You could text somebody who's, uh, who's, who's uh, watching the game. You could, could. T- you could text Andy Murray. That, that, that'd decide the result quite quickly, because he'd be forever sort of going, you know, beep, beep, wait. If I wanted to hold up the game for as long as possible, I could just be texting Andy Murray constantly. <laughs> but I'd probably need to text Roger Federer as well, because otherwise they're just, you know, there'd be some kind of bias, you know, there might be rules against that. But if both players are doing it, then what can you do? You can't yeah, yeah. declare no winner. Oh, the, the other alternative is to make it rain down there using the rain clouds that we've got stored for the Olympic Games opening ceremony. <laughs> it could be, but I don't want to. I don't want to blow that one. <laughs> you could also. Um, so one of the things that often makes them hold up play uh, is that uh, people are um, making too much noise. You know, you get that thing where they're, they're about to start the. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was joking about you receiving lots of texts during the show, John. <laughs> it says amazing tennis. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, that person. Good work, whoever texted John. Uh, if you could, if you should send us an email, whoever you are, uh, studio at camfm.co.uk, uh, and, and, and we'll make him suffer just a little bit more. Uh, no, I was, I was gonna say, one of the things you could do, as you just demonstrated, is hold up play by making noise. So, what you need is a stooge, like, in the very back row or something who can sort of you know, who can who can stand up there and you know like um, play like the mighty mighty boss tones or something uh, and then and then and then just sort of like keep running around the back whilst the umpires chase him like Benny Hill yes you know, so, so, uh, on the HB Benny Hill reference we've th- had them so many times this term there we go so yeah th- 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 so then it'll still be on the same point just with the umpire sort of going quiet please Ladies and gentlemen, quiet, please. Would the man who's playing the Mighty Mighty Bostones please die? <laughs> Umpires, arm yourselves. <laughs> so that'll be going on for a bit. Yeah, it makes you wonder what, what training the ball boys have got to <laughs> dealing with such a... It's just such a... I said incursion, but it's not an incursion of sound. <laughs> I would like to think that the ball boys get training for all possible situations. So that, you know, it, it doesn't matter what happens. You could have, like, a giant... Uh, sort of, like, the, the rabbit come on and somebody lob a holy hand grenade and they know exactly <laughs> what to do. There's really be evict a rabbit and grenade as soon as possible. All the ball boys whack themselves in the face with a plank. <laughs> 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 oh, but anyway, uh, we're starting with a tenuously related news story, which is that uh, it involves Scotland, um, because we all know that Andy Moy is Scottish, particularly when he loses. And uh, this is a fact that there's a new uh, guidebook for Japanese tourists uh, coming to Scotland, and it's got some quite blunt advice, uh, including um, keep away from the square sausage, which I hadn't realised was a thing. Um, until until uh, my co-host and John uh, 
educated me that uh, it's lawn sausage. I didn't realise it was a thing. I only knew it was lawn sausage because it said so in the article. But Chris apparently has come across these things before. I have indeed. Um, the, the weirdest thing about that is the fact that it tastes exactly like sausage. So it's odd that they're warning them off specifically the square sausage. It suggests that they think that Japanese tourists might like the taste of sausage, but their minds would be blown by by the unusual form factor. That Possibly sort of they just don't like corners. <laughs> I mean, like, because you just think of the little sushi rolls, they're generally sort of round and that True. kind of thing. If it's square, maybe, you know, if you're not used to eating things with corners, they get lodged in the throat. <laughs> I don't know. Ah, perhaps, yes. But they still be tempted because it's sausage and it tastes like sausage. Yeah. <laughs> I know how to eat one of these. Swallow whole. <laughs> or possibly they might not like the taste of sausage, but they think it was a bit of bread or something because it's the right shape for bread. <laughs> but they've obviously got a... Um, this um, handbook is actually published in Edinburgh, um, but they, they, they've obviously got a bit of a sense of humour because they say things like, please do not expect to have the same quick, polite and accurate service here to compare with Japanese service at shops, restaurants and hotels. Uh, which, besides being a bit of digging themselves, is quite torturous grammar, I'm finding. But <laughs> be patient anywhere in Scotland. It is not Japan. And I think there's a, a very specific type of tourist who's going to have to be informed that Scotland is not Japan. <laughs> I, I suppose if you'd been sort of just bundled onto, onto a plane by your relatives, sort of going, holiday is mandatory, holiday is mandatory, then, you know, that... that <laughs> Uh, and av- apparently, we can buy you can uh, buy lawn lawn sausage in our, our very own Cambridge, Iceland. Uh, says so says a uh, a mysterious correspondent, uh, and and says that they smell like rendering fat even whilst frozen, <laughs> which is quite impressive. Maybe that's why they're rec- recommending not eating the lawn sausage. Then it sounds like they'd be pretty good bait. <laughs> for what? Well, if whilst frozen they smell, uh, I, I suppose because they smell like rendering fat, they would be good bait for really unhealthy people. Like if you were trying to lure unhealthy people into, say, a gym, I'm not, not sure you might want to put a cube of lawn sausage in there. <laughs> like, like the smell of rendering fat is precisely what people go for. They go, mmm, can't get me enough of that rendering fat. Well, that's why they're so tremendously unhealthy. I <laughs> thought you were going to say that they were using them as bait for Japanese tourists, and that's why they were uh, warning them away, saying, don't go for the lawn sausage. We've fallen for this before. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know why it works. Nobody can tell. <laughs> but it does. <laughs> Yeah, just just because my, my brain has got stuck on computers now, rendering fat is something you grease the innards with your computer with so that the graphics come out nice. <laughs> or nicely rendered. <laughs> but um, there's also a couple of other things um, that this, this guide says. It says, uh, of, 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 not, do, not, do not approach men in green or blue football tops. Which is going to be interesting if, the, if that just happens to be someone who's on holiday who's a Chelsea supporter. <laughs> <laughs> Why are all these Japanese tourists fleeing in terror? <laughs> <laughs> or a Norwich City away kit? That's also green. But, uh, well, I mean, it's uh, actually because the Celtic was presumably referring to the Celtic ones. Celtic Rangers. Yes. Well, the Celtic and Rangers. Yep. That's not one club. Yes, I know. That was one club. There was a slash in between Celtic and Rangers. Although, of course, Rangers is no longer a club, as we know. Um, don't, so Don't write Rangers, Celtic, slash, whatever you do. <laughs> They'll hunt you down. <laughs> I, I, I had, I had no desire, and now have even less desire to write that. <laughs> I, in fact, I do, in fact, have negative desire. I have desire that not only should I not do it, no one else should do it either. <laughs> this is my new definition of negative desire. 
it sounds like you're protesting entirely too much about the idea. I, I think I think you're going to wake up at two a.m. this morning and sort of go <laughs> two a.m. this <laughs> morning. I just, <laughs> I just travel back in time first. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you'll wake up with that exact same expression, presumably. That's <laughs> oh, Groundhog this Day. Morning. It's Groundhog Day, but with the one in which you write Rangers slash <laughs> <laughs> the one that never got uh, never got made <laughs> for very obvious reasons. How do you exit Groundhog Day in that case? Because the way to exit Groundhog Day uh, was like Stop he, doing he, was, it, he was successful in romance, wasn't he? So presumably you would have to get you know, like your slash fiction would have to be published as reputable. Yeah, like that. Like Fifty Shades of Grey. A reputable publication. I think you should you should be uniting Celtic and Ranger supporters. Mm-hmm. It should be like you have like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day is trying to make a union between himself and the woman who I've forgotten, uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, and in this one you're having to make a union between Celtic and Rangers. It almost which sounds- is far more difficult. <laughs> it almost sounds like you could have something like a sort of Romeo and Juliet style <laughs> story going on here. No. Like one of them would be Ranger supporters, one of them is a Celtic supporter. <laughs> if only it was so simple. <laughs> There'd be somebody in like the basement of the CIA with a document tenuously headed Ahmadinejad slash Netanyahu, sort of going, come on, come on, psychic powers of the existence of slash. But no. There is no viable plot to that slash fiction. That's that's why that's why the conflict goes on. Yeah. Um, the, the Insider's Guide to Scotland um, does actually have some positive points. It re- recommends Mackey's hun- Honeycomb Ice Cream and Ginger Marmalade, as well as Urn Brew, which I, I would definitely agree with the latter. Of having it's just it's something you have to do when you go to Scotland. You have to you have to get, go and have the fizzy orange stuff. Yeah, it sort of tastes like bubble gum. I think no, it, oh, no, it doesn't. It does. It's really, really sweet. If it tasted like bubble gum, it would be blue. I think it tastes like licking a door handle, <laughs> like a, a metal door handle. I should <laughs> ah, ah, but wooden, an iron door handle. Wooden door handles taste like drinking Old Spice. But you go to your average, you know, comprehensive <laughs> or something, and the door handles are generally covered in gum, and so <laughs> therefore. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> And therefore, we, you know, this, this is where this is obviously where the two minds meet. <laughs> <laughs> There's a quiz show in this. <laughs> we have 22 beverages and 22 door handles. Our contestants have to match them up through sight and smell alone. <laughs> well, so, well, sight would help. <laughs> well, not really, because you'd look at a door handle and go, "I wonder whether that tastes like, <laughs> like you know, raspberry squash." I'm not sure. Very few visual cues would hit me. Would hit me on that. <laughs> uh, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a correspondent asks uh, that they want to know where John gets his iron blue, iron brew, iron blue, <laughs> iron brew flavored gum from. John, give up your supplier <laughs> so we can hand them over to the authorities. If I told you that, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> I'm willing to take the risk. Will you tell us anyway? <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> you can get those Iron Brew sweet bars, can't you? Really? Yeah, you, you know, you know, kind of like you get some like Vimto and some that are, that are like refresher bars, and you also get the Iron Brew ones. Oh, you yeah, do, you okay. can actually, yeah. I they're, think they're, very, they're very rare. I thought for a minute I hallucinated them. <laughs> I was just getting looks of. Uh, they may no longer exist. They sort of existed for a short period of time. I think they were probably quite popular in Scotland because Iron Brew is just very popular in Scotland. Mm. But uh, they probably transfer slightly less well over here. Yeah, yes. Google image search reveals that it does indeed exist. Yes. But we can't seem to find actually buy where to buy 
buy them because it's trying to find where to buy oh there we go you can that's, buy them off the that's clearly a fake one the thing you've clicked on there is spelled I-R-O-N space B-R-E-W that is somebody who's trying to sell to people who've heard of Iron Brew but never seen it but with, all, with their fake bubble. Iron Brew which tastes like bubblegum whereas the real article tastes like, like an adorn <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, even people going, what happened to Iron Brew bars? The third hit on Google, if you Google Iron Brew bar, is the Scottish Hangover Kit, which is being sold for £4 on Frugal. Somewhere on Frugal. Uh, where, there, there it is. Uh, All Mark Sweets, for £3.90, in fact, will sell you the Scottish Hangover Kit, uh, which turns out to consist of uh, one, <laughs> one bottle of Iron Brew, one bar of macaroon, which is weird, because I thought a macaroon was a thing, you know, like, uh, I thought that was, like, one bar of cake, you know, it's sort of like... <laughs> well, it's a, bit, it's a bit like they have square sausages, where they basically just get a sausage and they chop it up into squares. Yeah, yeah. Similarly, they've got a macaroon, and they've made they a huge one it and chopped it into cuboid bars. form. Uh, and, you, and you also get 1x100 gram tablet. Now, number one, it doesn't specify what the tablet is on. No, no it's, it's just uh, tablet. Tablet. Yeah, so the tablet is... Yeah, a, it's a Scottish sort of vanillary type oh. sort of... I thought Hard it was just fudgy things. <laughs> it's not like what, what one kind of like part of an iPad. <laughs> oh, no, I was <laughs> thinking more like, you know, like, it, was oh, like what, what it might be paracetamol. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, it it's might not, be LSD. <laughs> it's not curing the hangover by just giving you paracetamol <laughs> and then also some macaroon and iron brew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for kicks. Because <laughs> Scots can't have paracetamol on their own. They have to have iron brew with it. Like a spoonful of iron brew makes the paracetamol go down. <laughs> well, more worrying still was the fact that they were giving you 100 grams of said tablet. I mean, that, that's quite a weight. That's a pill you'd need to take with, like, you'd need to use a trowel in order, in order to get that much of the appropriate substance. And die, obviously. Like, if you're listening and somebody gives you 100 grams of tablet, where tablet is unspecified, don't consume it. <laughs> seriously yeah, it considering, con seriously consider punching that guy in the face and running away. <laughs> it said tablet, though, not tablets. You were implying you had to sort of trowel tablets into your mouth. Ah, which is obviously a bad thing. Whereas it would have been one massive sort of capsule-shaped thingamy. Where one you'd be giant like, tablet. No idea how I would possibly consume this. 100 <laughs> grams, is that? Oh, that is quite a lot, isn't it? That is quite a lot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this whole kind of like Scott's obsession with things coming in kind of like cuboid formats is kind of like what might be why deep fried Mars bars are so popular. Well, Mars bars are already in a cuboid form format. Yeah, why you you <laughs> you've made it a cuboid format into another cuboid format. What? No! <laughs> Surely you make things that aren't already in a cuboid format into a cuboid format. You don't just recycle cuboids. <laughs> that doesn't help. But it's like twice the cuboid. It might be that they wanted to just, you know, have like mm. fish, but fish aren't generally cuboid. So you go down to your general chippies and it's like, you know, your chips, they're cuboid, that's grand. Mm. You say, where's, you know, what, what's going on with this fish? This isn't cuboid. And it's like, well, we can't have cuboid fish. And so, well, we need something that's cuboid that we can deep fry and sell off as fish. <laughs> and so they tried it with a Mars bar. And people realised it wasn't fish quite quickly because it doesn't taste anything like it. But Maybe in Scotland a while ago those vacuum tube things were quite popular but they didn't have a cylindrical cross section but instead had a box cross section and so everyone was like I'll send it through the tube although it might get a bit broken on the way and so you'd sort of go I'll send you a sausage jock <laughs> it's come out cuboidal oh well I shall consume it regardless I'll send you a macaroon <laughs> I'll send you a set of bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> the bagpipes no longer function. Do not do that again. <laughs> Something like that. That's my theory. 
if you've got any more pieces of advice that would be useful for someone from Japan visiting Scotland or, or even England, let, 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 let's, let's open this up so, so that we can get mocked as well. Uh, or Welsh, reasonable. for that matter. Or Welsh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're and, and, any, anywhere in the UK, frankly. Or if you know what the score of the tennis is, <laughs> then please get in touch uh, on studio at chemfm.co.uk. Or if you're listening online, uh, then there's that box where it says send a message. And if you type in that box where it says send a message, it sends a message to us. So do that. We're going to take a brief musical break now, uh, and we'll be back talking about more silly news stuff uh, just afterwards. On air, online, and across Cambridge. Your station. Your Cam FM. Hello and welcome back to Burst the Bubble. This is 97.2 Cam FM, and that was the Foo Fighters with Learn to Fly. Uh, this is a story all about uh, silly news stories uh, for people who don't like tennis. Uh, or, as it turns out, people who do like tennis at the moment, uh, as it, I believe it is currently suspended due to rain having fallen. Uh, and they're doing that thing where they tortuously um, put the cover over centre court and, uh, and then and then, and then wait for the grass to dry out enough that you might reasonably pretend it had not been raining. Yeah, but it's it's going to take a bit wa- a bit longer for the. They're going to wait for it to stop raining so they can take the covers off to get the real match, uh, the real match back underway because that's going on on court three, which doesn't have a roof. Oh, okay. We, which one's the real match? <laughs> uh, the Egbrink Jermariash uh, versus Amalan Vink match. Oh, yeah, okay. which is the the wheelchair doubles final. Okay, how's that going? Uh, well, currently Egbrink and Jermariash are um, one set up. And, awesome. Um, I, I thank you to our mystery correspondent who is telling this to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it looks like it's on serve in the second set. Oh, uh, if you didn't want to hear the score then, then please have blocked your ears. <laughs> uh, maybe consider drinking. That, that might knock the memory out of you. Uh, Camfem does not recommend drinking to cause amnesia. Even anyway. if it's Iron Brew, which we have been <laughs> plugging quite a bit over the last <laughs> Iron Brew and Tablet. We have actually had another email from, from someone else saying that they find it quite amusing that Burst the Bubble is heavily discussing fizzy drinks this week. <laughs> <laughs> Can we have just a chorus of, I see what you did there? One, two, three. I, I see, see what you, you did, did there! there. <laughs> awesome. That was... <laughs> I, I, I genuinely had quite a lot of fun with that. <laughs> Should we talk about some stories? Yes, um, this is that uh, in India, um, some people have worked out how to steal money from cash machines, and the way they do it is by just um, taking most, but not all, of the money out of the cash machine. So the cash machine thinks there's still a note there. And what they, what they do is, if you don't take the money, is they suck it back in. Um, which it, to me gives it like I, I hope at some point someone's been taking it just it's sucking back in as they've had a bit of a tug of war over the cash <laughs> because that would that would amuse me you're making but that sound like a Flintstones cash machine now <laughs> like you, so you poke a dinosaur a bit and then it goes and <laughs> it profits on its tongues and banknotes and then you sort of go and then it goes home <laughs> once again I have lost my firstborn under the mouth of the, chi- the dinosaur cash machine <laughs> not, not quite like that but <laughs> if you're trying to do a tug of war with a dinosaur then why are you using a child to try and grab the <laughs> I don't want to put my own arm in the dinosaur obviously. but you'll be stronger than the child <laughs> presumably yeah but I feel my own pain I mean <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but um, what's actually happened here is, is they've taken most of the cash out and left a note which has gone been sucked back into the machine. And that's where the dinosaur reconsumed. <laughs> yes, that's what. And, and then the dinosaur hands you a note saying this person was uh, so inept at using a cash machine uh, that the transaction failed to occur fully. Uh, and then you walk into the bank uh, and proffer them that like stone tablet, uh, and they say fair dues and credit the money back into your account. 
So that's roughly yeah. how the scan works with the obvious removal of dinosaurs slash stone tablets. <laughs> uh, and uh, it appears they've been doing this throughout India uh, to rack up our... They've been doing 10,000 rupees at a time uh, and got away with about £150,000 worth uh, over all these different scans. Yes, yeah, so, so 10,000 rupees is £115, and they've basically been taking near, uh, taking all but a, a 100 rupee note. Uh, so that, that's a sequence of like leaving a quid in the machine when you were drawn 115. That's quite a slab, isn't it? Because they, th- that's going to give you a stack of 100 notes. This cash machine must have an enormous cash draw. I don't know, but it, 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 it could just be like their small note, and it could be come with lots of other notes. Ah, maybe. But um, otherwise, yeah. That they're, they're like ticker tape. <laughs> yeah, because it can't give you bit... I mean, like, the logical thing to do would be to give you a batch and then another batch or something when it's a particularly large number of notes. But that presumably uh-huh. can't work here, because otherwise they'd know you've taken out the first batch in order to yes. release the second batch. Yeah, yeah, you'd get a, a transaction partially completed slip and only be able to reclaim <coughs> uh, a tenth of the total withdrawal or something like that. So maybe this is the maximum number of rupees that you could do before it started doing that or... Yeah, maybe. Or, or that the cash machine just wouldn't give anymore because it can't fit through the slot. So presumably... It's jamming every time. <laughs> just sort of get a money jam and then go, oh, well, I've just broken the cash machine now. Can't even get the money out. So presumably the, um, um, uh, they're like rotating through a diff- bunch of different cities and banks and things like yeah, that yeah. so that you don't end up just sort of walking into your bank every Monday and going, it happened again. <laughs> What have you been doing to our cash machine? And how have you been doing it? <laughs> okay, the dinosaur is absolutely furious. <laughs> I keep checking my iPhone to see what the tennis score is. <laughs> Never any change, it's raining. <laughs> In Britain. Not here. It's always hot here. <laughs> Except for that monsoon thing. <laughs> that, that'd, be a, that'd, be a, that'd be a rubbish tennis tournament, wouldn't it be? Like, monsoon stopped play. <laughs> Expected to resume in roughly two months. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that sort of doesn't seem that far-fetched from what we're having at the moment, really, does it? It's a good job we've got a roof. <laughs> oh, dear. So, moving on, uh, we've got another story from India, which is that, um, the, 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 basically, there's a kid aged five who creates abstract painting and has been dubbed a child Picasso by the Indian media. Um, hit the headlines because India's most famous cartoonist... Uh, R.K. Laxman, who's 90 years old, uh, took him under his wing. And they're going to put on a joint exhibition in Mumbai next month. That sounds pretty cool. Five-year-old. That's the full depth of my comment on the matter, but, uh, but good on that person. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things where... No, it, it, just, it seems to be a recurring theme that some kid will slather some paint on a canvas get hail, hailed as a child Picasso and then that that's it that, that 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 this is as far as the progress goes you don't tend to get a child Picasso like becoming like 50 years in the future people going oh remember that 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 child who, went, who grew up and continued making that good art well if it, presumably if he's a child Picasso and he grew up uh and still became as nasty be just be Picasso, and that's already happened. Hmm. But you know, so there's always child Picasso, never child Rembrandt or something like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, the ghost uh, of Rembrandt is sat there, sort of going, <laughs> "Never do they cite me." Where, where's <laughs> the child Monet? cultural idiom for being good at painting? <laughs> where's, where's the ch- where are the ch- where's the child Monet? Child Monet. So that's what I'd love to see. Uh, child Monet. I'd, lo- I'd love to see like proper, proper impressionist. 
Mm. Well, uh, I suppose I suppose it's because because you know cubism is sort of something more easily accessible to childs. Child, <laughs> to child, Adrian Child, <laughs> Adrian Child is very good. Um, to children is obviously the word that exists. I meant to say um, it's a, you know, much more kind of blocky. You can sort of deal with that, and uh, the way that um, this this lad is going about it is uh, he sort of puts some paint on and then comes up with some sort of puts some cellar tape over the top and paints over that and then removes it so he gets sort of like a stencil effect. So obviously works for this cubism thing. Yeah, but I mean, surely the easiest thing to be. Uh, if you were a child would be a child Pollock which is actually referenced in here a child Jackson Pollock because Jackson Pollock basically just sort of got a paintbrush and flicked it at some at some uh, canvas mm. and you know any <laughs> any child should be able to do that right so I think I think if I ever uh, yeah. I, I, my, my aim is that uh, my children will become the first ch- child Pollocks since uh, Jackson Pollock <laughs> has anybody ever tried um, doing like blind tests on Pollock paintings so like make some real ones make some fake ones and then and then get some people who haven't like what you need is some people with a reasonable idea about art but who haven't yet seen his work and then see if they can identify which ones are the masterpieces and which ones were done by children by mistake uh, I, don't, I, I don't know I think I don't I think with something like Jackson Pollock I'm, I'm not really a fan of Jackson Pollock before I start saying this but um, the, sort of the idea is when you do art like that it's the first time it's been seen and sort of like it's the originality of it rather mm. than the actual image itself yeah I guess a bit like sort of uh, Andy Warhol maybe Okay. That kind of pop art thing. So it'll be you a certain be a amount. Child Warhol. That should be <laughs> potentially quite easy. So I guess there'll be a certain amount of time before that's viable to happen again. There'll be a time when there hasn't. Nobody has done that for long enough that it is once again surprising to do so. Once people have forgotten about Jackson Pollock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One day somebody will say, you know, like Jackson Pollock, and the other person will go, hmm? and they'll go, aha, and then get themselves a small child and go, go little Jimmy. <laughs> is it bad? I'm now imagining a child Dali. With the moustache and everything. <laughs> <laughs> like sort of a giant moustache. Basically the same size moustache, but, you know, a smaller person. Um, and basically just sort of getting various, like, shellfish or things and putting them on household objects. <laughs> so basically, basically, the parents think he's a menace. The art community thinks he's a genius. <laughs> he tragically died young after tripping on his own moustache. Because <laughs> it's adult size, you know. Uh, he has a handlebar moustache that reaches down to his own feet. What what adults are you, uh, are you thinking of there that have handle star moustaches that if transplanted on the kid would reach down to their own feet? I'm mainly thinking of that guy from Kill Bill. <laughs> you know, I think it, it was probably a beard. In fairness, <laughs> you know, um, what's his face? Uh, Pai May, that was his name. Uh, the 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 martial arts tutor who had either a moustache with huge drooping going on or a beard with huge drooping going on, uh, either of which led to like tassels that went down to like his knees. So if you attach that to a child, they'd they'd be forever like getting tangled up in their own beard. Is that is that the Fu Manchu, the one that's basically a moustache that then just drops off vertically and goes all the way down? I think that's <laughs> that the deal. Fu Manchu? Yeah, is yeah. there? They're really long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could definitely trip and trip on those. <laughs> you could probably tie yourself up in one if you're a child. <laughs> sort of run around with a garden with a giant mustard. this is weird <laughs> it'd be a humiliating way to get tied up wouldn't it <laughs> it'd be a humiliating way to get tied up um th- th- this uh, kid uh, Shoya Mahano um as I've probably pronounced that wrong um, but his father is very um very, very much wanting to promote this and being um, very much on the side of the kid being able to do all this art and some people have said that 
this kid's a, bit, a little bit young, saying he's he's only five. Um, but his, his father seems to have got a bit confused um, and, and about um, in his arguments, saying that he's too young to be uh, exposed to the media glare. And he said, "Harry Potter is very young," which. <laughs> And, 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 and he does go on to say there are a lot of young actors, so why not artists too? But there does seem to be a little bit of confusion going on there. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, so I, I, I'm not—I'm not convinced by this. He, He's—I he's, he's, I don't know. I just—this sort of story seems to come along ever so much. And I know I'm not normally the person to rain on people's parades, but I'm going to rain on this one. And all the parades currently going on are being rained on. So you might as well. Yes. You might, as, you, you might as well get in on it. Unfortunately, <laughs> if you rain on an Indian parade, then you have to monsoon on the parade. Mm. So you have to either go for it or not, in this instance. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no holding back. There's no light drizzle on the parade, in this instance, <laughs> like there has been and anywhere in this country. Yeah. Well, which is a light drizzle becoming more thundery. <laughs> can, we, can we get a cutaway to the Olympic torch and, and just s s somebody in a diving suit with the torch inside the diving suit sort of just going clog uh, I think it's in Essex at the moment, isn't it? For the torch? Yeah, I think so. Wasn't it here? It left here this it, morning. Yeah, I think, I think it's left Cambridge now. It left oh. here on a punt. Really? Well, it, it, went, it went from Trinity College on a punt down the cam. I don't think it actually huh. left Cambridge on a punt. It left Trinity College on a punt, but if, it's to, if it was leaving Cambridge <laughs> on a punt, then it's probably a fair bet that it's still in Cambridgeshire. <laughs> Not very far out of Cambridge. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm sure... I, I'm going to try and find it during the next musical break, but I'm sure there was at least a G BBC News headline saying Torch leaves Cambridge on punt. Well, this, doesn't, this doesn't actually tell you whether or not it actually did, given, given uh, that, that the interesting headlines that sometimes appear. But I'm, I'm, at least it'll prove that I wasn't completely deluded. <laughs> Expect in a couple of hours' time a headline on BBC News saying punt on fire, not far outside Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, if you have uh, any comments to give on uh, any any of the matters we've been talking about, uh, or you want to tease John with the tennis scores, uh, which are presumably the same as they were, uh, it's still raining. They're still, you know, like slowly tugging a roof uh, over centre court uh, slash the uh, the gentleman's double wheelchair. Uh, then uh, then do get in touch. Studio at camfm uk, uh, okay. and we're going to take a brief musical break. 97.2 camfm.co.uk On air and online You're CamFM You're listening to CamFM 97.2 That was uh, Jimi Hendrix all along the Watchtower uh, And this is Burst the Bubble uh, The uh, Sunday afternoon show all about silly news stories For people who don't like slash cannot watch Slash the tennis is raining <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the grammar went a bit there <laughs> The tennis is, is, is like, uh, that, that whole sentence was the title of my alt-rock album. <laughs> can't, like wa can't watch, slash, don't like, slash, the tennis is, wa is, is raining. <laughs> Special guest, slash. Can we get a copy of that? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. The lead time will be about six months, or however long it takes me to, like, find slash and put him in a van. <laughs> but, but, yeah, sure. I'll just hang out at the back of a festival or something with a, um, like, a tea towel over a pit. <laughs> We, we were in fact talking before the break about the Olympic torch being in Cambridge and going down the river Cam. Um, someone has emailed in to say when it left this morning it was raining so hard that it didn't even manage to punt all the way up Castle Hill. Um, but actually, yes, it went from Trinity slash John's. There's a slash again uh, by punt to Maudlin Bridge. So <laughs> not, 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 not quite as exciting. But 
I, I looked at the BBC News headline and it says, Flame goes punting along River Cam. And the, the, the flame is not punting. The flame happens to be on a punt. To be punting, you actually have to be, be pushing a pole. And I was disappointed to find that the, po- the torch was not somehow lashed to the punt pole. I would not like to punt like that. But, you know, because he sort of... It tends to go quite close to your face, all that kind of thing. And basically just all being burnt every time. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) There's also the possibility that you you drop the Olympic flame, which shall not go out, into the can. That's true. But as we've already established in the previous episode, they have the sort of backup van of fire somewhere. (laughs) Somebody in a diving suit (laughs) will conveniently be able to come out with one. Wade across, because he's in a diving suit. (laughs) I think just keeping the diving suit on at all times would be advisable for this torch parade. (laughs) That's also true. Just that wet. I don't know if anyone saw um, that Cambridge's big weekend uh, was supposed to be going on this weekend, and it's presumably full of water. Uh, I did did go down to see... um, uh, the end of the Noisettes gig on Friday night, uh, and they 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 were quite getting rained on and quite sarcastic about this about this sort of hundred person audience sat there with their arms folded, sort of going. <laughs> there was lots of oh yeah, we are blown away by your energy and enthusiasm. Let's play the next song. <laughs> That was fun. <laughs> if, you have an interesting if, definition of fun. <laughs> if you like your music with a dose of Schadenfreude on the side, then I can highly recommend Cambridge in a wet July, <laughs> watching the Noisettes in a, in a free gig on Parker's Beast. And also coming out soon, Chris's new alt rock album. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of wet, uh, this week the US government has denied that there is evidence of mermaids. Ah, so they do exist. I'd never suspected that they would, but clearly they do. That there is no evidence that mermaids exist, a US government agency, uh, the National Ocean Service, in fact, has said, uh, because there was a show on the Discovery Channel called Mermaids, The Body Found, on the Disney Channel's Animal Planet Network, uh, which was one of these mock documentaries. But, um, follow, I can't remember what the law is called, any sufficiently advanced um, pistic is indistinguishable from the actual thing uh, as led to people believing that this was an actual documentary. It's worth pointing out it led to two people believing it was the actual documentary. (laughs) At least two. That's probably roughly the same number of times you watched Chris Morris's The Day Today (coughs) and then left the country in fear. (laughs) But uh, it's one of those things where... Well, firstly, two people went, oh, they're actually mermaids, and then... From that, there's an official statement saying no. And secondly, it's like there's an official body having to deny the existence of mermaids. Do they, do they also deny every other fictional mythological beast? I'd be interested. Well, clearly anything that you send to um, misapprehensive letters about. So we just need to find out things we could misinterpret US documentaries to imply uh, and then send them letters about them. So let's see if we can get them to firmly declare that Cliff Richard does not have heat vision (laughs) or that if you read A Cat, the complete works of Shakespeare, it explodes like a grenade. Like, or very few people have found out because it's very hard to get a cat to sit still long enough to read it. The complete works. There was something on The Onion um, a, th- a year or two ago. Um, so the, the Onion being a spoof 
US newspaper, uh, which uh, claimed that Obama was, in fact, that most people thought Obama was a cactus. So presumably we could try and get <laughs> see if we can get them to deny that President Obama is, in fact, a cactus. <laughs> and if we hear no response, then we know the truth. <laughs> yeah, that's obviously the case. If it's not denied, then it's, it's not true. Denied. Yeah, you know, they're just covering something up. I would like to categorically de- deny everything about myself which is untrue. Such as? I'm not going to give you an example. <laughs> all you that, that, that would all, all you're required to do is to say one thing that is untrue about yourself. <laughs> no, no, because, because that was then going, if, if I make a specific denial, then my general denial... Michael, are you a functional babelfish? Like, if I gem you in my ears, then can I understand all languages? <laughs> He's not denying. I deny, he's not I deny all things about me that are untrue. <laughs> but that, that's the oh, so you refuse to specify which ones are untrue. Yes. I see. Because if I start specifying which ones are untrue, my silence on other matters <laughs> will be taken as them being true regardless of whether they are or whether I'm just going up and crying out loud, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not the reincarnation of Kermit the Frog. See, now he denies that, but he was very silent about the Babelfish thing. I wasn't denying that. You're not denying it. Well, you're not the reincarnation of Kermit the Frog. He also implies that Kermit the Frog has died. (laughs) (laughs) For for listeners at home, Kermit the Frog is still alive and well. (laughs) And is not Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Although Michael has already admitted to time travelling earlier. (laughs) So (laughs) it could be the reincarnation of Kermit the Frog from the future. Hmm. See, this is the problem with denials. Sooner or later, you're just going to get messed up by them. And I would like to deny that I have ever denied anything. <laughs> in so an attempt to, in a, in a somewhat vain attempt to close down this whole loop. So it's, a, it's a, a, a pretty grim fate uh, for the mermaids in uh, here, isn't it? That uh, that they're that they're trapped in this sort of this cycle of uh, of being denied and denying themselves. Uh, I honestly can't think of a worse fate for a being than that. That, incidentally, is the beginning of a link. Michael, <laughs> could you think of a worse fate for a being <laughs> than to be denied so? Uh, well, what you could end up in a septic tank, Chris. That was stretching it some. <laughs> but no, uh, our next story is basically uh, in... Um, uh, in um, Where is it? Uh, in in a van in the Irish Republic Um, drain service and septic tank experts were called after a woman flushed her friend's engagement and pre-engagement rings away I'm confused by does anyone know what a pre-engagement ring is? I think I've heard of them but I don't really know what it is because it's like will you agree to marry me? And rather than, will you marry me? And then you go, yes, okay, we are pre-engaged. Now, at some point, you will agree to marry... Well, I ask you, you will marry me. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, what, see, this is like your proposal has been pre-accepted, but you haven't proposed. <laughs> hmm. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what a pre-engagement ring is. Presumably, it's just a thing that you can give some a long-term partner mm. is, is it is it just a ring but they decided yes. well it's not an engagement ring they just happened to give me a ring at some point but now it's a pre-engagement ring <laughs> but, uh, yeah so, yes. the, so the, resu- the result of all this was that uh, two rings got flushed down uh, and uh, and somebody ended up swimming in the septic tank to try and find them not 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 swimming. Um, they they had to go in there um, after they they like drained the septic tank somehow um, with 
um, an oxygen supply three times. Um, it's a big complex um, um, on, set, set of like, circumstances. Um, as uh, Jim Phibbs, the septic tank expert involved um, with trying to get the w- rings back, said, it was such a touching story and we wanted to try and help so the money for new rings did not have to come out of the wedding fund. And this meant, not him, and another 11 men um, turned up to try and locate the rings free of charge. And they... Um, yeah, they, they sent uh, cameras down the pipes to try and see if they were stuck in the pipes. And they also uh, um, they put a vacuum filter in to empty the septic tank and couldn't find anything there. And they sent a ga- guy uh, three times into the septic tank with oxygen, uh, in spending 20 minutes at a time in there. So it was his first day then? <laughs> <laughs> you know by the end of the second cycle the boss is sat there going, I think you must... I think you're going to have to have another look. <laughs> it's going to have to be another 40 minute walk through the septic tank. <laughs> also known as hazing the rookie. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly it was the uh, the people who'd quote unquote lost the rings were just like, for, for our proposal I bring you the, the most spectacular prank it's possible to play. <laughs> oh receptionist, we've lost 8,000 euros worth of rings. Somebody's going to have to get in the septic tank. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. You couple, why did you bring a trombone? <laughs> um, yes, uh, the, the, the rings have been left in tissue paper in a wash bag overnight. And it says, a friend, flushed them away after the ball of tissue fell. Which tells me very little about the circumstances. The ball of tissue that fell. tells you everything, doesn't it? <laughs> the ball the, the, of tissue there, was, fell. there was a ball of tissue with some rings in them. Uh, they, they fell on the floor, uh, and then somebody went, "Oh, a ball of tissue that belongs in the toilet." Uh, and 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 it could have it could have been that it was just happened to be you know perched. The wash bag was perched over the toilet. The wash bag fell over. The ball of tissue fell out <laughs> into the toilet whilst it was flushing. Ah, perhaps. See. So no, I agree with Michael in this case. We do not know. The mystery will remain, not only of where the rings are, but how they got in there in the first place. <laughs> well, I, at least we did get the detail of three separate 20-minute <laughs> expeditions into the septic tank. <laughs> which is beyond the call of duty. <laughs> we salute you, Mr. Fibbs. However your day goes today, know that you were not once in a septic tank. That's tempting fate, obviously. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to walk out of here and fall down a manhole or something. Just have a Gilligan, uh, just have a Gilligan cut to thank, Chris going, Oh, why am I in a septic tank? Thank God Cambridge has a sewerage system! <laughs> That's not that much better, really. <laughs> it's, sort of, it's something the devil asks you when you get to hell, that is, like, you have two possible fates. Expedition in the septic tank, or... Human um, sewer plug. <laughs> and say, uh, throw a coin, Nick. <laughs> Don't be on first name terms with the devil. No, nah, that's true. <laughs> it only ever ends badly. <laughs> no, For you, we have both. <laughs> yeah, you just just rigs it so that the coin lands on its side, and you have to do both. <laughs> um, anyway. oh, speaking of the Olympic Games earlier. Uh, we have got the London 2012 Olympic song here for you by Muse. Indeed. Uh, I'm pl- I wanted to play this mostly because it was complained about vigorously on the Now Show this week uh, by John Holmes doing a real grumpy old man. It's too loud kind of thing. So so this is, this is my rebuttal. Uh, we would like to play a song which is exactly adequately loud by Muse. 
on air, online and across Cambridge. Your station, your Cam FM. This is 97.2 Cam FM and that was Muse's Olympic single, Survival. John Holmes called it an orchestra being pushed down a flight of stairs. I say it's quite good and he's a curmudgeon. Anyway, we've just got two minutes left to wrap up Burst the Bubble. Uh, Michael, what are the uh, what are the remaining scraps of news uh, that, uh, that we can jam into the next 90 seconds? Uh, well, a uh, Gloucester Fire and Research Service team um, specialising in large animals um, managed to rescue four horses um, in its first week of operations, which to me sounds slightly suspicious because they go, we've just spent all this money on new equipment. Four horses have got trapped this week. Hmm... <laughs> Uh, next up, um, paint-on batteries uh, have been, uh, if not perfected, then at least demonstrated as a reasonable prototype, uh, including a battery that was painted onto the surface of a Bierstein. Uh, it, it, it gets sprayed on, which means I'm imagining kind of like spray-on battery booths and hoping that people don't get confused between those and the tanning booths. Or like electrical graffiti. Yeah. You could graffiti somebody's car with like a 12-volt battery. <laughs> and they'd be like... <laughs> 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 oh dear. It's probably better than repeating somebody's beer stein as a battery. <laughs> 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 Which is what they've done. There's no, a exactly. Ow! Ow! <laughs> Must drink it's the like, beer! It's like that av- uh, advert for The Simpsons with the beer hanging off the, <laughs> off the <laughs> electrical cable and Homer reaching out And finally. Uh, and finally, um, American Scientist is going to be publishing um, details of work on the brain patterns of Professor Stephen Hawking. He's basically trying to allow uh, Professor Hawking to speak purely by thinking about it because he's having more trouble with activating his uh, cheek sensor. Awesome. Uh, and But the, there's a bit of me that's just combined these two stories now and hoping that if they need the power for this, they can turn the entirety of his chair into the battery for this. And he'll say, ow. <laughs> the, pro- no. the problem is that all will end up will be him thinking, don't electrocute myself, don't electrocute myself, don't electrocute myself, and then just audibly saying that is the only thing. <laughs> his latter works fell in quality in retrospect. <laughs> Uh, and also in the uh, in the tennis, um, the the covers are on at Wimbledon and on centre court. Uh, it's with service in the uh, third set. But you, well, I won't in tell you how the first two sets went. <laughs> but sadly, in the gentlemen's wheelchair doubles, it is still rained off and there's no play yet. Indeed. So we're running home to watch the rest of the tennis. Uh, everybody have a good week. Uh, we'll be back with uh, more burst the bubble this time next week. For now, goodbye.